0: We're going to do some chanting. Page, page 15. This is what should
1: be done. Cherish your living being. Having clarity of vision Being free from all sin's desires Is not born again to do
0: world. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can start. (laughs) Uh, Dear Jane, how do we cultivate more awareness and and in return find mindfulness? Uh, That's what I've been talking about this for the last couple of days. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just, uh, just, just keep doing it. Just do it, Nike. Air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I remember a monk saying, like you know, if you can imagine a water tank and the water tank is like above your head and you can't see inside. And the like droplets of water is like the mindfulness that you put into the, the mindfulness that you sort of grow over the over the years. It, it's just little drops, 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 drops. Uh, over the years, you can't see over the top, so you don't know how much you have in there, but one day it just overflows. So, in a sense, it's sort of like that. You know, we're doing this practice and we don't really know um, how it's all happening. It's like a big mystery to us. But then eventually one day we'll kind of have an understanding. But you have to give it some time. And it looks like you guys have plenty of time. Okay. Uh, Some of you guys have plenty of time. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> anyways <laughs> okay i I feel like I can't stop my mind living in the past and future, mainly future, when I sit down and meditate, yeah, uh. Well um so you know it's it's just a mind which is thinking again and um, like I always like to uh, describe the mind in a way where the mind has just has so much that you can fit into it and so when there's too many thoughts you can't fit anything else you can't fit much into it. Because your mind's already taken up. So here we're talking about the you know, the mind just basically thinking into the past or into the future. So what we're trying to do as meditators is, is to fill the mind up with a little bit more silence and a little bit more peace. And the more silence and peace that you can put into your mind, the less thoughts that you will have. It's a very easy, easy solution. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you just... Yeah, you just got to just keep at it and and sort of know that meditation is not the only way to do this practice. It's also the practice of how you live your life. And that also contributes to how well your meditation goes. Yeah. Like... Um, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, why are you thinking into the future? Sometimes maybe it's a little bit of craving and like you're dreaming about something. or So if that's the case, then we can try to practice a little bit, bit more contentment in the moment. Just be content with what you have, yeah. And then after a while, you just get used to it. I mean, you can take, for example, when monastics when people become monastics, a lot of their future thinking gets taken away. (laughs) Because we don't really have much to think about, think for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in a sense that helps us out. But for you people who have futures to worry about, um, I think that's perfectly okay, that's just normal. But then just understand that, you know, when you get to come to a place like this um, for two days you don't have any responsibilities and you do not have to think about anything it's like a holiday from whatever you were doing and just putting yourself in that kind of situation sort of helps you not think about other things too much so when I'm here I'm not thinking about what I have to do in Kusala Hermitage. Like, yeah. Who am I going to contact to come and pull some weeds? (laughs) 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 Or, or, you know, what we're going to do next on the building projects and, you know, things like that. So when I'm here, um, I don't think about what's happening over, what's happening over in Kusala Hermitage. Yeah. And when I'm here, you know, I don't... Think about what my mother's doing or <laughs> or worried about her. You're just living in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell my mom that, otherwise, she'll get really upset. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I can answer this question later. Oh, I'll answer it now. Why did you choose to live at a at the hermitage as opposed to the monastery? Um, I, I guess it sort of... It actually happened all by chance, yeah? So I didn't actually go out looking for a place. And, um, yeah. Uh, at the time... At a time... At the time... Um, I was living in Bodhinyana Monastery, and at the moment I'm in Kusla Hermitage with another monk, Arjun J.R. and we've been um, a very nice couple for a long time. <laughs> 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 so we've been, we've been, um, so we've been. We've known each other for a long time and we've got this weird karma that we end up being together. So when I travelled to Wat Buddha Dharma, you know, he came along and we did a bit of work there. And for some reason, we're like two completely different people. But we get along and we kind of make it work. And so... So what happened was the monastery was getting full in Bodhinyana and Ajahn Brahm was asking the monks to sort of go, go out and um, you know, do your own things. So then we were staying in Scott Road. Uh, there's like a, a, like a monastery next door to us and we were staying in there um, for, a, uh, for a couple of years and then um, Ajahn Brahm bought the property next door So he bought that property, and we built it up, and now we're living there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now we're living there, and we've been there for a couple of years. And yeah, it's just a great place. It's not too far from the city or anywhere, and um, it's also in the forest. And it's also nice as well. It's sort of, um, you know, you're living in a big monastery where where, um, you know, Arjun the Abbot, and there's so many monks there that, that in a sense, you're just like another monk. And when you get older as a monk, sometimes, you know, monks have different aspirations, and sometimes you want to be able to, like for myself, just give back to uh, the, the people, and also, um, yeah, I was just... I might as well just start a place, you know, and just just see what happens, and and yeah, and so then in a, in a, in a, in a sense you grow in a different way, yeah. You you are able to like share your own experiences in the practice, and work for what worked for you with other people, and then you know you can see I've been living with uh, Arjun Jaya, you can see him grow in different ways, yeah. So just make the most out of the opportunity that you have and that's all I could do and just do my best and then, yeah, just see what happens. But remember, there's a lot of weeds to pull. (laughs) 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 I know it's it's not a very fun job, but it makes Ajahn J.R. very, very happy. Okay. Dear Ajahn, I noticed a drop in my energy level recently. I really want to find out the cause and cure. Should I keep inquiring to find the root cause or should I let go of that and go into silence? Yes, it's kinda of interesting. The the energy levels of the mind is just like it's just like a wave, it just goes up and down, up and down. You can't really have perfect meditation all the time and Ajahn Brahm always talks about um, you know like meditation is like like a a person working for their wages so at the end of the week you know you get your wage of however money you you earn but throughout the week you have to work for it and sometimes it's not fun when you're working Uh, you have to just go through your day, drag your feet along but then at the end of the day, at the end of the week, you get your reward and you get your money. And in, in the same way, it's the same with meditation. It's not always cruisy and um, everything is working perfectly. You have to understand that there are going to be tough times as well. And having low energy is not such a big deal. Yeah. It just, it just means that your mind isn't rested. It means that your mind has just been been doing too much uh, yeah, and a lot of the time is like you know if you're thinking a lot you get you get quite tired because you're using up a lot of mental energy, so if that is the the problem, then it's always like going back to the silence. Uh, be more in the moment, just, just like let go and relax. And being in that silence will help build up that energy of the mind again. And it just builds up and builds up and then you'll be walking around smiling like Ajahn Brahm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, like, uh, like you hear like these stories where you know med- meditators get really, really deep. And they just like sit in meditation for like seven days. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, there was <laughs> there was a there was a guy teach, um a Vietnamese monk teaching a retreat in Sydney. And yeah, have you heard the story? Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't meant to be like a seven day retreat or something like that. So he decided, oh, you know, I've got nothing to do. Uh, I got nothing to do. I might as well just go out um to where I'm teaching and just sit meditation for a little while, so he went to do that and instead of getting up getting out of the meditation on time to give the talk, he just stayed in his meditation for like seven days <laughs> i don't know what was going on. Was he like really shy? He didn't want to teach or <laughs> but but I was just told that he was. Uh, in a really, really deep meditation, and and it's sort of like um, like I kind of believe the story because it happened in Sydney, and the, the monk who told me uh, the story. I kind of like trust him. So, <laughs> so so you know, I think there is some truth to that, where you can get into these deep, deep meditations. Yeah. And then when you come out, you know, the mind is like super energetic. It's like, you know when you have a really energetic mind and, you know, things just seem to be a little bit more better? Yeah? The baked beans from the can taste a little bit better. (laughs) It goes to the point where Ajahn Brahm admits when he walks through the forest and looks at kangaroo shit, he thinks it's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> so he's just trying to illustrate here is like the just like the you know when the, when your mind starts to awake it kind of like starts to appreciate things just the little things in life and that's, that's the one thing that I think people get confused about when they, when they come in, when they come across Buddhism is the need to let go of attachments and you cannot enjoy anything right you can not cuz it's all attachments and it's wrong <laughs> so, so it's, it's some some people get that um that idea into their head but then when you think about it when you look at the mind the mind can start to appreciate you know the little things in life there's um, appreciate like the beauty of the forest i was like walking through the through the forest today and i just saw this um, like this gnarly wandu tree and I thought it was pretty cool you know yeah and just like there's a jasmine plant planted outside my my um, the cottage and it's like yeah that's nice <laughs> so you can sort of in, like the 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 brightness of the mind does help you enjoy life a little bit more and there is nothing wrong with that even even in the um, um, like in the in the I don't know it's not the suttas but it's just a story from the time of the Buddha where you know the monks they used to practice and they're living out in the forest uh, amongst the wilderness and just um, finding like pleasure in in the wild just living a simple life um, you know, developing their mind in meditation. Yeah. But I still disagree with Ajahn Brahm about the kangaroo poop. <laughs> <laughs> How do you approach the decision of choosing when to move an area of the body in pain while trying to withdraw from the senses versus sitting with that pain? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's experimental. Mm. And it's just also what you've been taught. Um, as a younger monk, um, some of the things that were said in the monastery is that it's good to sit through pain. And there is some sort of wisdom that arises in that. And, and um, to this day, in some traditions, like in Thailand, they do those kinds of practices where they sit down and watch the pain and see if they can get some sort of understanding by it. So in the earlier days there were kind of two conflicting thoughts um, in the monastery. And um, sometimes you don't, you, as a young monk, you don't really know what to do, so you go got ask your teacher. And then Narjan Brahm, he sort of teaches a way of meditating in comfort. Yeah. So what he would say to people if they would ask this question is to just try to sit with the pain for a little bit and then see what happens and if it hurts too much then just move it but then um, I find that yeah, you know if you're having a little bit of pain it is a disturbance to the mind because it takes uh, it takes the mind away from what you're actually trying to do when you meditate so when you move that leg or move that body part to make it comfortable then things like become easy again so, so um, in a sense yeah um, you just try to experiment but I don't recommend sitting through pain yeah and you don't need to and, and um, when you move your body a little bit afterwards you get a, a level of comfort which you can keep for the next you know 20 to 30 minutes and that's like plenty of time for your mind to calm down yeah. And you know the sad thing is, you know, you hear practitioners just sitting through a lot of pain and they end up um damaging their knees. Yeah, like pulling ACLs. Yeah. <laughs> and then they they can't sit on the ground anymore. Yeah. But then but then um like I think for beginners or people who haven't meditated for a long time, uh, I think aches and pains is all a part of your body just getting used to sitting on the ground. Yeah. And then after a while, when you do it for a long time, your body adjusts, and then it can just sit down uh, for long periods of time um, without any pain. Yeah. Ajahn when there's a lingering thought should we be concentrating on that thought or should we just be aware of that thought both of which are being both of which are being mindful please kindly enlighten me okay Yeah, just lingering, lingering thoughts, thoughts that float through the mind. Uh, it just really depends on how strong they are. The stronger the thought, the harder it is for you to um, get rid of it. But if you just take away the focus and make peace, be kind, be gentle... And um, what happens is that you're just taking away the energy of the thought. And uh, the, um, the volume of the thoughts just become more quieter and weaker uh, to a point where they're not really that much of a disturbance. Yeah. And then after a while you get to understand um, the way your thoughts work and you kind of know how to filter through it. Sometimes you get to the point where you understand, oh yeah, this is just thinking for no productive reason. And when you can see those thoughts, you can sort of just let them go and let them be, and then they're not important anymore, and then they will disappear by themselves. And then when there's something important that arises within the mind, then you can you understand that hey, this is something important, so if it's important to you, you need to think about something, you can just allow those thoughts to stay in your mind. yeah, but a lot of the times the the thinking is not very useful, yeah. Do monks generally write down their insights or do they just trust that they will remember? I'm not too sure. I I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Monks have very very personal lives. We don't really... (laughs) I don't know if other monks journal, we don't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure some monks do. Yeah, it's just how they... uh, yeah, I do have a friend, and he, he journals quite a bit. But he's not a monk. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know. So yeah, write down the insights. You're like, this is talking about insights. Um, I think insights change. Like, on the way, like, um. so you're on a journey, learning how to meditate and on the way I think through time insights they change and um, because you get to certain stages of your practice and new things come up and yeah and I think like for myself is I don't write anything down so I just share with you what I know what I know um, is is happening within my practice in this you know this particular time, and the other other stuff that I thought about many years ago, um, it doesn't usually come up. But then saying that, if you've been to my retreats, I just say the same thing all the time. <laughs> but it is true, you know. is is just like a repetitive practice that we're doing here and then i was like um just a repetitive practice you're just being aware being mindful letting go of your thoughts and then and then like these these things just arise naturally you don't need to make them happen yeah like peaceful states of mind they just arise naturally you don't need to go looking out for them yeah Uh, It sounds, yeah, it sounds easy. (laughs) How do I feel whole and complete within myself? I think uh, just a sense of contentment and accepting yourself for who you are and just learning how to be alone and learning how to meditate. Because I think... The most comfortable person that you can be with for your entire life is yourself. If you really think about it, it's like your best friend. Are you completely and totally comfortable with that person? Or even uh, your mum or your dad or myself with Ajahn Brahm? Mm, I don't think so. Like even with my brother, I'm quite close to him. Um... That I think that true comfort that we're talking about here is hard to find out with other people. So, so I think so you can I think when you're you know meditating and being by yourself, that's when you can like feel complete and um, just feel like comfortable yeah because you're with yourself um, you don't have to talk to anybody you don't have to worry about making anybody upset you don't have to live up to anybody's expectations you're just there by yourself and if you learn how to like uh, just accept yourself and um, and um, just like be be content. Then you you, you 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 start to understand that the most comfortable person to be with is yourself. Yeah. What is the most difficult thing for you in being a monk? Uh, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Not being able to drive. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's nothing really difficult uh, with monastic life. Um, yeah, because after a while you get used to it and you just find a, a level of contentment with what you're doing. And you just accept your, you just accept your own practice, and and accept the, accept how far you've gone and how much you've developed. And in that sense, you just like develop a sense of contentment. And monastic life isn't really that difficult. Yeah. Um. And it does that it's not. It's not the easiest thing in the world. There's monks who have disrobed before and nuns as well, and that's perfectly fine. that's perfectly normal. But I think um, you know the reason why they do that is because there's some sort of difficulty there. you know they're unhappy or you know but they're, they're trying their best at the same time. And um like for myself, no, I don't really find anything too difficult. Yeah. I get to see cool people every day. I mean it's kinda of fun. You go, Hey, how you doing? And then you have a little chat with them and you know, you share <laughs> you share you share lunch and it's a it's a pretty pretty nice life to live, yeah. Oh do I let go of anger uh, just um, you can just see how much how much um, pain you're causing other people and um, how much pain it's causing yourself, and um, at the same time, you can understand that that's what, what's been taught as well by the by the monks is to try to let go of anger. Because it's not good for us or anybody else, and um, yeah, but but then is sometimes it's difficult for people to do that, and then um, so I also understand that as well. Like people are just angry people, and that's who they are, and it's very difficult for them to change. But I think like. Yeah, that may be the case, but I I think like if a person who who um, you know comes on a retreat, who listens to the Dhamma, um, they have that good intention to let go of their anger, and because of that good intention that's in place, I think they have more chance of figuring out a way. To let it go so I think all you can really do um, if you want to deal with problems is to listen to uh, different teachers and just try to apply what they say and to see if it works or not and um, yeah but I think if you want to make that change then that's that's a good start in itself it's sort of like um I was just telling people it's like we have these bad habits and because we're attached to them um, we don't want to let them go yeah and that comes with like the anger so take take for example um like a smoker you know they they smoke cigarettes and they've been told that it's not good for their health but they keep on smoking and smoking and smoking until they die um, and they they do know that it's not good for them, but because they're attached to the smoking, it causes the problem. And they just don't see clearly. Sometimes they don't see clearly that it, it is uh, such a big problem for them. So when it comes to problems like anger, if we start to see it clearly. We start to see the problems that it's causing for us, and other people, you know, if you're angry all the time, you like push the people close to you away. Um, you you won't have many friends. Um, people don't like you. It's not a it's not a good quality to have. So when you can see the 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 um, the trouble that it's causing. Uh, causing yourself and other people, then, then you might want to be able to. Then you might want to make that change. Yeah. Is it good to create a meditation practice at the same time every day? Yeah, I think it's good to try to meditate. Um, just meditate every day and yeah, it's good to put aside time if you can because um, sometimes we just get too busy and, and forget to meditate so having a little bit of uh, discipline can help and try to find a time where I think you feel rested and that um Um, your mind is clear so when you meditate you don't have too many things to work with to become peaceful and still so say if you have a busy day and you want to schedule your meditation in the evening then when it comes to sitting then um, you know you may get a little bit sleepy you might be sleepy because you're working all day and then so maybe just try Um, scheduling a time in the morning um, when you wake up you feel a little bit fresh you have a shower or something and then just set aside uh, 15 minutes and in a sense it's like a great way to start your day yeah yeah dear Santuti, if we live in the current moment all the time, how we plan our day, when I start meditate my mind is running with daily planning, how can we control that? I think we just sit with it, you sit with it, and just allow it to just slow down all by itself, yeah, oh if you have the ability to do the breath meditation that can also help. So you just watch the breath go in and go out so you have a break from all that planning. But yeah. Yeah, and just sometimes um, it's just like setting up your mind and knowing what you're doing. So you're setting up your mind, you know what you're doing. This is the time where I meditate. And during my meditation time, I'm not going to think about anything. So we set up that kind of mentality that will also help us um, not plan for the future. Yeah. So there's all these different little tricks that you can use. Sometimes, maybe when you're sitting and the mind is planning about the future, is because you haven't given that clear instruction. So, maybe try that. Oh, how can I be happy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's many ways to be happy, yeah <laughs> There's many ways to be happy uh, you, you can um it's just like like when we talk about meta practice. It's kind of developing this loving-kindness towards other people. And happiness is the same thing. It's sort of like you're developing happiness, and yeah, you're just developing happiness, just one step at a time. And how you do it is each and every one of us does it differently. And um, I think, uh, like, uh, like for myself, the way i develop happiness is you just try to add that attitude into your life and and um bring it up when you're relating to people yeah so when it's time to have a little bit of fun you just have a little bit of fun and that's a way of like developing happiness in that sense in in that sense and in in that context um yeah and there's like different types of happiness. There's like um, the happiness of, like the happiness of giving. So that's another type of happiness. And uh, yeah, it's more of a joy when you learn how to give and give on a regular basis. Um, just living in Kusla Hermitage, you can experience that by. The people, that, the people that give food to the monks on a regular basis, uh, they're there every week and they put aside time. And they come into, they come into the, the hermitage and they bring food and you just have a chat with them and then you can sense that they get some sort of happiness and joy from doing it. So yes, that's another, that's that's one way of like um, developing uh, happiness. Um, yeah. So, and another way, um, another way of developing happiness is is like I've been saying before, is through the meditation practice, and. Um, yeah just you know bringing up the energy of the mind and things like that, and the ways that you can also develop happiness is just through like virtuous living, being a kind and good person, and I was just talking to I was just uh interviewing people and then and then they were just talking about just getting like like dealing with their anger. And it's disturbing their meditation. And, and you can sort of see that certain actions lead to certain results. And when you get angry, that anger sticks around. You know, when you're meditating, you're still angry at that person. So, so you know, these, these kinds of like actions lead to an unhappy state of mind when you're doing good, you're volunteering your time, you're being nice to people, you're just being a good person. Um, when it comes to meditate, then not so many things stick to the mind. There's something, yeah, there's something um, strange about that. It's like, you know, you had a good time, right? At the beginning of the retreat, and when you meditate... Did you think about the good time? No, not really, it didn't stick. But then when you get angry at somebody and then you go and meditate, for some reason that sticks. And yeah, it's strange how it works, but it works in this way. So, yeah. Other ways of being happy um there 's also there 's different there 's different ways of being happy like uh you know having a having a little bit of purpose in life yeah like Arjun Jaya's purpose in life is to revegetate revegetate <laughs> <laughs> Kusla hermitage, and that brings him a lot of happiness, seriously yeah he goes around and <laughs> he invites people to go look at his plants and blah 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 and you know he has a purpose he wants to do something and that brings him happiness so yeah find some sort of purpose in your life something wholesome and and pursue it and at the same time you can come to weekend retreats and work on your meditation yeah and these things like these things they, they work together Hand in hand, you can't separate the two. Yeah, you can't separate the two. Yeah, and um, you know, if you learn how to meditate well, um, that will add to your daily living, and the goodness that you're making your daily living will help you when you meditate. If it was like, if, it was, if Ajahn Chah would say, if, if all you needed to, to do to get enlightened is to meditate, then all the chickens in the world would be enlightened. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they just sit all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just learn. Yeah, just just learn how to give, create a little bit of happiness in in your mind, and meditate afterwards, and see how that helps with the meditation. And I, I think it does help a lot. Yeah. How do you stay disciplined enough to get up on time and meditate? to meditate. I do the tasks required around the monastery. To do the tasks around the monastery. I struggle with this every day. Monastery. Monastery. How do how do I stay disciplined enough to get up on time and meditate? You, I don't, it's 50-50. Yeah, depends on your character. And, but wanting to be a meditator, I think, I think a lot of the work is done. Because in the back of your mind, you want to, you want to, put time into your meditation practice. And some people do well with discipline and some people don't. Um, So I think you've got to find a reason why you want to do it. And everybody has their own reasons. Yeah? And that should be enough to get your bum on the meditation cushion. And when it comes to doing tasks around the monastery or around Jana Grove, just look at it in. A, just change your perception and look at it in a way where you're just helping out. you're helping out the place. Um, you know, the place ain't gonna take care of itself. And. and. Um, and, and have a sense of gratitude. That you're able to you know live in a place have a have a room to sleep in um, have shower, you get food to eat, and in a sense you want to be able to contribute back and when you kind of think in this way, then the task around the monastery or the the task around Jana Grove isn't so tedious to do yeah and when you think about it the tasks that you have to do, it doesn't take that long. Maybe one or, one or two hours. And then after that, uh, you have the whole day to yourself. And then you can do whatever you want. Sometimes, you know, people just don't want to do stuff because they're just thinking about themselves and thinking about my time and what I want to do. So in a sense, just like being able to um just give just helps us be just that little bit less selfish, and um yeah, and sometimes you know you know we talk about you know overcoming anger and um dealing with our anxiety um, we can also talk about selfishness as well, and how do we um deal with that? And the way you deal with that is to just learn how to learn how to give and do your task around the place and understand that um, you're you're contributing and at the same time you're making some some good karma, some merit. Yeah. This idea of giving without expecting anything in return. Is, um, is what we mean by making merit, yeah? And you don't really lose anything by doing that. You actually gain something. we the same question. How can, I, how can I be present instead of worrying about the future? The pause button on your mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's nothing. Just, just there's nothing about worrying about the future. There's nothing wrong with thinking about stuff when you meditate. Um, So, if you have that idea in your mind that these things are wrong when you're meditating, then you're not meditating. um, You're not meditating wisely. So, uh, like I said before, when these things. do arise, we just learn how to accept them and be calm within the moment and these things will slowly disappear by themselves. They don't completely disappear, but they're not that much of a disturbance. Yeah. Yeah. What is the best way to start meditation? Thank you. See what's the best way? Just just give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> just give it a go. I was like, why do you want to meditate? Like, yeah. Do you want to meditate to become enlightened or do you want to meditate to become peaceful, you know? Yeah. So the reason why I meditate is we become a monk and there's this idea of becoming enlightened. So that's a that's a, uh, a motivation for us. So day in, day out, we'll just put our bums on the cushion and we'll meditate to the point that one day something may happen. So we have that reason to do that. And... Um, yeah. I don't know what reasons you people have. Maybe you just want to find a little bit of peace in your life. Or... And that's also... Um, the, meditation does, does, um, the meditation does give you that as well. It not, it not only um, gives you that opportunity to become enlightened, but on the way... It gives you that opportunity to be peaceful, yeah. And um, like I said, you can you can understand that um, you can understand that when you start to have a peaceful mind, then then a lot of the problems that you have in life they they disappear, or they're not such a big problem anymore. yeah what's your favorite time of the day to meditate uh, i like I like meditating in the i like meditating in the evenings or in the afternoon, but it just really depends yeah the my favorite time to meditate is when the mind has 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 good energy yeah so there isn't really there isn't really no there isn't really a favorite time, and sometimes when i'm too tired, I won't meditate. I'll be sitting there and I know that I'm falling asleep so i'm I'm like okay, now it's not the time, so I'll just get up and rest uh, but when the meditation's going well, um then one tends to want to meditate for longer, so yeah. There is actually no real favorite time. It just depends on the state of mind at the moment. How can we control our anger? I already spoke about that. So, yeah. Well, Ajumar talks about the anger-eating demon. I, I think you heard about that story. So, yeah. Just giving... the the anger, a lot of kindness and metta, and that can help overcome it. But at the same time, these things are difficult to overcome, so um, there's no need to be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it for the questions. Does anybody have any questions on the floor? So um Jan was asking me if you all want to take a group photo tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to um we'll do it after the talk. yeah okay, I see eh. Oh, one one question. Is there such thing as swimming meditation? Swimming meditation.
1: Because
0: you're concentrating on your breathing. Well, it can it can help with the meditation practice, I guess, because you're doing it mindfully. But I don't think it's med it is not meditation. Yeah, yeah. Because swimming doesn't develop peace or stillness. <laughs> yeah so you can't really um you can't really say it's meditation but you can use it to um, develop the the awareness side of your mind and you can take that into your meditation practice yeah and it's like one of um one of uh thejunavaro Ajink, would say um you know is like when you want to get a strong body you go to the gym and you, you pump weights and you get your big biceps and, and what have you but you need to do that that kind of training to be able to get there and in the same way um, when it comes to the mind um, we got to do that training of the mind, the the training of like letting go and being more in the moment and just uh, just allowing these things to happen yeah
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yay! <laughs> okay, we can we can go now. <laughs>